Haley, a podcast about people for people. Welcome to Taylor, a space where we as millennials talk about the issues that matter to us. We explore the moments in life which moved, challenged, and shaped us into the people we are. We're here to laugh, share, listen, and talk about it all. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome back to another podcast. Um, what, are you going to say something? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> keep going. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Today, I'm here with uh, Phoebe. Some of you might know Phoebe from my season of Love Island Australia. Um, but... I feel as though Phoebe and I had like some really interesting chats on the show that weren't aired slash I've only watched two episodes of the show because it's really hard to watch. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't... <laughs> Is that a puppy? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. There's like, cause I'm in the car, there's like some, you know, bypasses and people okay. walking their dog and stuff. So sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all good. But anyways, do you, you want to, introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about who you are okay so my name is phoebe um i was on love island season two with cynthia um i wasn't in there very long um and it definitely was a crazy experience i am now 29 years old and i live in sydney (laughs) i'm a pisces so yeah my birthday is the 7th of march yes yes so very emotional, yeah. very sensitive, humanitarian sign, like have a massive heart, love yeah. to love, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh my <laughs> Mainly emotionally unstable and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that totally, not like in terms of you being emotionally like unstable, but I, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense now in terms of like, <laughs> in terms of like the way you were and like, um, but I get along yeah. really well with Pisces, definitely. I love Pisces. No, I'm very true to my sign. Very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I really wanted to chat to Phoebe about her upbringing and identity and also race as well. Um, but let's just start off with, like, where were you born and, like, the heritage of your parents? So my my heritage and like where I was born and everything is like pretty like little bits from everywhere. It's pretty crazy. So my dad is Jamaican and he was born in Montego Bay and my mum was born in Germany in Hanover. So my mum is German British. Um, so my mum's side, um, my grandfather, he was in the military. So they moved around a lot and and ended up um, staying in New Zealand. So my dad went from Jamaica to America, spent some time there and then find his way to Australia. And then my mum came to Australia from New Zealand and that's where they met. Um, but they actually split up when my mum was about eight months pregnant with me. And my mum went back to New Zealand and gave birth to me in New Zealand. Oh. And then after when I was four, I hadn't met my dad hadn't really had anything to do with him when I was four. Yeah. My mom took me back over to Australia. I met my dad and then they ended up getting back together, got married, had my sister. Oh my gosh. Your sister is a babe as well. I checked out her Instagram. She's so beautiful. Yeah. She's a cutie. Um, 
and then got divorced two years later. Like, so, I mean, kind of my parents' relationship was super dysfunctional all over the place, but, um, you know, I feel like pretty blessed to have the background that I have and, you know, being Jamaican German is a pretty interesting mix. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> have you ever been to Germany? Yeah, I've been to Germany, but I haven't been to Jamaica. Wow. Wow. Um, I guess like growing up, so up to the age of four, you were in New Zealand and then you came back to Australia? Yeah. So when I, I up until I was four, I, I lived in New Zealand. So with my mum's family. So my mum's family is very British German, like all white. Like my mum is blonde, blue eyed, like Aryan princess, you know, and she's about five foot three and I'm five ten as well. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> when you were younger, did you ever like, I guess because, you know, as a kid you don't really know much, did you ever ask your mum, like, why do I look so different from you? Like, were you ever curious in that way? Oh my God, I was extremely curious extremely confused because, you know, I looked at all my cousins who were all white, you know, with blue eyes. And then mm. I was like this little brown caramel kid with like, you know, fuzzy curly hair. Um, and I was very confused. I used to think my dad was um, Bill Cosby, which is horrible <laughs> to say now because he's got all these <laughs> sex charges. But like, um, yeah, I used to be like, oh, he's my dad because he was like the only like brown person that I would see. I mean, I, I mean, there is Maoris, but it's like a different, like I looked different to them as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. When I was really little, I used to think he was my dad <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I kind of wanted to look like my mom because I always thought my mom was super beautiful and I wanted to look like her and I was really kind of confused. And I think when you are mixed race, especially there can be a bit of an identity crisis there. Yeah. Um, and it took me a really long time to kind of feel comfortable in my skin and know who I am. And, and I'm still kind of like fighting that battle because I, I haven't been to Jamaica and, I, and I'm not around a lot of black people, which is something that I know that I crave. Yeah, yeah, completely. What was it like meeting your dad and kind of being able to, you know, put that puzzle together and see the other half of you and like your other side? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of really, I, I can remember it like, honestly so clearly I remember the first time meeting my dad like my mum took me to his apartment he had a really nice apartment in Rose Bay mm. in Sydney and um I remember just staring at him and being like just you know it was kind of a bit of a surreal experience but my dad's not super paternal like he's not mm. naturally kind of like a daddy so I've always kind of had a weird estranged relationship with him Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not a bad person, but I found it hard to connect with him. Yeah. If that makes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know from stuff that he's told me that his upbringing in Jamaica was quite, you know, harsh. I mean, Jamaica's a third world country. There's a lot of domestic violence there. It's, um, it's very different to growing up in Australia. And I can definitely feel he carries a lot of that with him still. Yeah, definitely. I guess... Growing up, what sort of things did you learn about both cultures or were you kind of given the opportunity? Sorry, you can't even see me. I'm like 
It's like fully. Um, were you given the opportunity to learn about both or was it more so that you were focused on one because you had more exposure to one? Oh, look, like it was definitely, I grew up with my mum, my mum's family, you know. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Very, very British. And I kind of found out as I got older that, you know, when my mom was having me pregnant with me and they knew that, you know, they were going to, my mom was having a black kid that my grandparents like were a little bit concerned. Not that they, like my grandparents are very conservative. They're very, you know what I mean? And not saying that they're racist or anything like that, but they were like, you know, where is she going to belong? How is she going to feel? You know, they had those sort of concerns for me. And my grandparents love me. Like they've given me all the love in the world. There's no- nothing to doubt about that. But yeah, I definitely was exposed more to my mum's side, more of that. And my dad, because my dad's had a few issues with his family, he hasn't really exposed me or my sister to that culture a lot, which is sad because I know that both of us are like yearning deep inside of us for that Jamaican, for, you know, black people. We we need that. We want that. And even now I'm like, I'm searching for it every day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And I think when we're in the house, you were like, I can't remember. I think you were like telling me the story about like your mum trying to like figure out how to do your hair or something like that oh. from when you were like younger. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I have so much resentment for my mum. Like any of <laughs> any white mums out there, you're gonna have you know kids with black men learn how to do black hair. Like seriously. <laughs> You know, that is your responsibility that you need to educate yourself about like African, whatever, Caribbean air. Um, anyway, yeah, resent. I have a lot of resentment to my mom because she didn't know how to do my hair and I had super, super Afro hair. Um, and it got to the point, like I had dreads when I was little. One time she shaved my head and I looked like a little boy, which like I'm, I'm pissed off about now and I'm 29 years old. But the thing, the thing that I regret the most is putting relaxer on my hair. So my mom didn't know how to do my hair. And because I was surrounded by all these white people who had straight hair, I thought that I needed to have straight hair. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with straight hair, but... Yeah. I feel like now looking back on things, they thought the easiest thing to do was to shove a bunch of chemicals in my hair to make it straight. And I've been doing that for years and years and years now. And the only way I can get my natural hair back is if I shave my head and grow it out. And I would love to have my natural hair, but I'm not secure enough in myself to shave my head. Um, but yeah. Isn't guess- that your natural hair though? Or do you just have No, like- no. So my hair, my hair is being chemically straightened. So, and I do the roots when it starts growing out, my Afro roots, I'll do the yeah. roots like every two, three months. Yeah. Um, and my hair is probably about just past my shoulders. And then I have um, hair extensions in, like I wear ha- hair extensions all the time. Oh, okay. So if this is like, it's like my hair, but then the length at the end is like yeah. extensions. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. It looks so good because like with me, when I do my hair, it's like 
Well, when I didn't used to have a fringe, it like the majority, like I would say 90, 95% of it is just wave. And then at the top, I would have like my natural hair kind of, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, I've had a wave before. I've had a full wave before. So I know it's like when they break, like you do the cornrows underneath and then you just sew all the fake hair all over. It's great to like, like I found like my hair got really healthy when I did that, but far out the wave was like so annoying yeah I'm just (laughs) used to it now because I've been doing it since I was like I don't know like 15 or 16 so I'm just like used to having like a weave but I really want to get into wigs um oh yeah because then you can just change and swap and like do so much more with your hair because if like clients are like to me oh we want you to do this and then I'm just like oh, damn, I've got to, like, rush to the hair salon to get my extensions back in if I've decided to take in it, like, take it out. Yeah, I would lo- I love, love, love wigs. They're just so expensive, like, for, like, a, if you – because you want a good one that looks yeah. good, like what the Kardashians wear. They're just – I think they cost between, like, what, $1,200 and $3,000, those wigs. What? Where are you going? No. Yeah, like the ones that are like um, Freedom Couture. Have you heard of that brand? She's a chick from Perth, actually, that does it. And they're, they're, I'm pretty sure that that's where like Kylie Jenner and stuff get get their wigs from. Yeah, she's got an Instagram page, but they're expensive, but they're friggin' amazing. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. Um, Then how did you start learning about things like hair? And because if you didn't really get that from your mum, was it more so just the internet? Well, I think I just didn't really know for a really long time. Like, and I still probably don't fully know. I wouldn't say that I'm like a black woman who really knows how to take care of my hair. Um, even in Sydney, like there's, there's no, there's hardly any black salons. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm still kind of trying, I'm just trying to keep it as healthy as I can because I'm relaxing it and stop it from like friggin' falling out. Um, but my sister is definitely like, she has her natural hair, but she's like, she's like Becky with the good hair. You know, she hasn't got that Afro <laughs> hair. She's got the, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Curls, <laughs> black. <laughs> and she, she's like very much into the curly hair movement, curly girl, black girl. She's very much into it. And she, she does spend a lot of time on like YouTube and just on the internet, like educating herself about, um, black hair and curls. And that's a massive part of her identity. And I'm so fucking happy for her. Mm. Um, that she's completely embraced that. Um, and I wish, I kind of wish that I did the same, (laughs) but black girls weren't as in fashion back when I was young as they are now. (laughs) Yeah. What was it like? And you know what I mean? I know. And it's also for me, like, I just don't have the patience in terms of going online and like Mm. researching and then practicing. So it's hard. It's hard being a black woman in Australia because there's not a lot of, um, there's not it's a not lot accessible for us for our hair. Yeah, yeah. For us here in America, if we in America, say, it's completely different. Literally in America, like when I go, I'm always just like blown away. It's like over there. Um, I don't know how the. This is actually a fact. This is fact that black women spend the most money on hair and like products for your hair. So there's like, they don't even, people don't even realize the market there is to make money 
off like mm-hmm. products and styling for black women. But I don't know. We just kind of like un- go really unnoticed in Australia, I feel. There isn't a lot for us here to celebrate us, our skin, our hair. Like even mm-hmm. our features, I feel like, are only celebrated if they're on a white girl, you know. You oh, see yeah. white girls with massive lips and big asses and you're like, wow, that's beautiful. But like that's been on black women naturally for centuries and it kind of gets yeah. looked upon. And I feel like that's a lot of things with black women. Literally. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day because I saw this girl and she's like, absolutely stunning um her physique is a very um like a bit more African in terms of like a booty and like thighs and whatnot and I was just thinking about it and how you know even like when it came to lips like when Kylie Jenner got her lips then everyone was like oh my god having big lips is so beautiful (laughs) I'm just I'm like, is this a joke? Like, is it so, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) And people used to, like, make fun out of me when I was in, like, not make fun out of me, but just be like, oh, my God, so big, your lips are so big. But, like, I I always find that so strange. And I even even think with myself that definitely when I was, like, younger, I, because I, um, because of the school that I went to was, like, predominantly, why there was probably only two other people of color in my grade or something like that and so I was like constantly trying to do these things that were like so I could be white when obviously I was never going to be that and my aunt would get so frustrated at me and be like Cynthia stop but it took me such a long time to accept myself and you know embrace the things that make me me when I kind of look in the Mm. media and I'm not really seeing anyone who looks like me or if they hypothetically have features that are like me, but it's on someone who is white, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, it's, you look at like BBLs, like Brazilian butt lifts and now more popular than breast implants. And, um, even like girls on Instagram who have all these booty programs and like, oh, build your booty and these white girls with massive asses because they've been working hard in the gym and they're like so highly celebrated and have all these ass shots. And I'm like, black women have naturally had bodies like that since, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and even, you know, like you said, with Kylie Jenner and the lips, it's yeah. like whole life and, but no one really would say anything to me but then if a white girl has big lips because she's injected them you know it, that's considered beautiful I don't know it's kind of it's just it's how it's always been and then it makes you think that you're not like especially when I was younger that like I wasn't worthy or I wasn't attractive or even if I did have those features I had to be white to even be considered to be beautiful or whatnot um and I remember even my friends when I was really young like I would have been you know year six year seven yeah and they were like oh Phoebe if you you want a boy to like you you know you have to dye your hair blonde like you know what I mean like that kind of thing and now I think to those girls I'm like fuck off like I'm gonna dye my hair blonde like trust me I can get a boyfriend and I don't need to dye my hair blonde (laughs) oh my gosh what were you like in high school I'm so intrigued Um, pretty naughty like (laughs) not naughty I just like I've never really I've never really liked being told what to do um 
Clearly, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've always been pretty opinionated and like outspoken and definitely there's that side of me that's very reasonable and calm and I think a lot of people saw that when I was on Love Island but there's also a side of me that's very like if I if I'm passionate about something then I'm very vocal about it and especially when it comes to like racism or especially in terms of like issues with indigenous people in Australia, I'm Mm. like feel very strongly about those things, especially with refugees, especially about abortion and the right Mm. to be able to have one safely and all those sort of things I will be very, very vocal and passionate about. Um, Mm. But yeah, high school, I was just, I was, I used to get into trouble a lot. Like I used to skip school a lot, but I don't know. I developed very early. So I think I was like about a C cup when I was 12. So entering into high school, I had a lot of male attention, like straight away. Wow. Um, and I grew up in a small yeah. town. So it was kind of very, there wasn't any black people there. There was probably like two other mixed race girls in the whole town. Mm. Um, but I never really got racism a lot from people because if I'm being completely honest with you, the boys there were, tr- were trying to have sex with me rather than worry about like what mm. color my skin was or where I was from. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. How did that make you feel in terms of having like at a young age, having that sort of male attention? Well, it's kind of, it does kind of mess you up because you might look, I always looked older. I always had, you know, boobs and everything, but I was still a kid. Um, mm. And I feel like, I ended up having sex too early um, Mm. and doing things that I wasn't ready for because people treated me like I was older. Mm. Mm. Um, Definitely. And my whole life at a very young age came, it was about what I looked like and about kind of, I was kind of overly sexualized because of my, my body from a really young age. Mm. Um, And that's why I think I ended up always having a boyfriend. Like it's only now in my life where I haven't had a boyfriend for like, I've been single for two years now and I'd literally go from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend and did not know how to be alone because it was like part of my identity, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um, But kind of what I really noticed in the villa, you said something to me that literally, this is going to sound so stupid and it's going to be contradicting, but it was like so profound And then I freaking forgot what you said. And literally there's been so many moments where I sit there and I try to think back in terms of like, you just said this one sentence that was literally so, I don't know. I was just like, oh my God. I was like telling you. Really? Yeah. It was like, we were, we were um, at the, you know how they had like the bathrooms or like the bathroom. And then there used to be that day bed next to the bathroom sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. Next like, to where we, the toothbrushes and stuff, where we brushed yeah, our teeth. Yeah, yeah, And I think it was just you, myself. There was someone else. And then I was, like, talking about this guy that I used to see and how I was, like, super, like, obsessed with him and stuff. Um, but then I was, like, confused in terms of, like, if I actually loved him when he did so many, like, things to me that, like, just made me feel really, like, worthless and then you said something about like, don't, conf- it was something like, don't confuse not being secure with love. I don't know. But you just said something, I just felt like you would give mm. me 
advice and I would just be like, wow. And, and it felt like you were just so comfortable with like who you are, if that makes sense. And I always <laughs> like, how did Phoebe get to that point? Uh, look, I'm, I think I've had a lot of relationships. So my first relationship was when I was 14 and I've had a lot of long-term relationships and I've lived with guys and, you know, I've gone through everything I've had. I've been had pregnancy scares. I've had everything. I've been almost engaged. I've like had so many different intense experiences. And I think that just comes from, yeah, like my age and Mm. all that kind of stuff. But I can tell you right now that I have many, 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 like probably every couple of days moments where I'm like, I'm so fucking unhappy. I'm so lonely. I'm so this. And I criticize myself and I criticize my body and I criticize who I am and I feel unlovable. And I think that's like normal as a human being, you know, to go through that. So I'm definitely not, you know, completely onto it. And with it, I do have those moments where I feel like a piece of shit. But I think within relationships, a lot of women, I think when you're not a hundred percent aware of your worth um, and you're not a hundred percent secure, then you kind of go searching for, not searching for, say if you're seeing a guy who's not really treating you the way you should be treated, it almost becomes an addiction to try and get approval from that person. Um, And a lot of people do that. A lot of people make excuses for, you know, being in relationships or seeing people who aren't treating them right. Oh, you know, he's not answering my calls because of this he's not answering or he's not, he's not doing this or he, you know, he's not treating me well, but it's because of this, you know? And at the end of the day, I think a lot of people need to realize it's like, he just doesn't fucking like you. Mm. At the end of the day, someone who cares about you, someone who loves you is always going to show that to you. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be reliable. They're going to make you feel special. You're not going to feel insecure. You're not going to have doubt. And that's pretty much I feel like all there is to it Mm. in life, in general, in relationships. If someone is treating you like shit, they don't care about you and you need to get rid of them. Mm, Definitely. How were you kind of able, because obviously like on the show, um, you, (laughs) you and Cassie, and I remember there was like a moment in the kitchen when I don't know what someone said to you, but it was like, oh, do you find anyone in the villa like hot or something like that? And you were like, oh, the boys are kind of, you know, like not really my type, but Cassie. And then I was like, oh yeah, Cassie. Like how did you explore your sexuality and be comfortable with it? I don't know how much that they showed on the show, but we definitely had a lot of talks um, you know, with mm. everyone about like sexuality and whatnot. And you were quite open to, you know, talk about your sexuality and it wasn't really something that you, um, felt ashamed of because I feel so a lot of the times that us as women can be a bit more cautious of like what we say or how we come across, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Like as a woman, you have got to be, you've got to be a virgin, but you've also got to like sex. You've got to be a porn star, but you've got to be a nun as well. Like (laughs) as a woman, you are not allowed, we're pretty much not allowed to be sexual beings. We're not allowed to like sex, but we also have to love sex. 
Like mm. you can't win with being a woman. So you may as well just be yourself and live your best life because you're going to get judged no matter what you do. And I, and I feel like women need to be more open about like what they want sexually, because I can tell you that I know a lot of women out there who aren't having orgasms, who don't even know how to, you don't even know what's going on with their own body because we've been so suppressed for so many mm. years. Um, and that's why I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to be open about it. We're allowed to be open about it. Boys talk about their dick and porn and whatnot since they're like 10 years old and no one bats an eyelid and they're allowed to be themselves and they're allowed to love their bodies and they're allowed to not be ashamed of anything. So why should we as women be ashamed of it? Um, I guess like me, uh, to be honest, I'm going to say this because when I was younger growing up, I literally would think I'd always be like kind of curious about all sexual things. I kind of wanted to try everything once. And I was thinking about like being with a girl and then I would think about going down on a girl and I'd be like, yuck. Mm-hmm. Like I know what goes on down there. It's wet. We have periods. Like there's a lot of things. It's like an ecosystem down there. Like there is, there's things going on. It's its own little village. And I was like, that's gross. I don't want to, I don't want that in my mouth. I don't want to know about it. But yeah. And I had that for a very long time, but still looked at women and be like, Oh my God, their bodies are beautiful. We're so beautiful. Our bums, our boobs, everything. Like I love looking at Instagram of girls in bikinis. I love looking at beautiful pictures of girls all the time. Like, and it doesn't even have to be in a sexual way. It's just because I just think women are just so beautiful. We're we're amazing. We're gods. Like (laughs) we really are. God is like woman. Um, but I guess then it's sort of like the curiosity was like, well, fuck it. It might be gross, but I just want to try it one time, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because I had friends who I've got friends who had like were with men and then went with a woman and they're like, I'm a lesbian. I'm done. Like, I don't want to be with any guys anymore. And they're like, it's fine. Like you just need to try it. It's not as bad as you think it is. And then I ended up like being in a situation. First time I was with a girl, I was actually with my ex-boyfriend and it was his friend's girlfriend and it was like really safe like obviously the boys knew I knew her it was really safe um and I felt really comfortable and we and I knew her and um you know it happened and it was like completely not what I expected it to be it wasn't gross at, at all yeah it was like so different from being with the man it was like gentle it was soft it was like safe it was, I don't know how to, you can't really describe it. You just kind of have to try it if you want to try it. And then from then on, I was like, you know, I could do that again. If I, you know, I could, I could do that again. I'd never been in a relationship with a woman, but I guess it starts with like a sexual experience and then it can kind of grow from there. Yeah. Up to this day, you've never been in a relationship with a woman. It's just been more. No. Yeah. Could you see yourself being in like a relationship with a girl? Um, I can't see myself being in a relationship with anyone right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I could see myself being in a relationship with a girl because I got into the point in my life where it's just like not even about gender. It's just about mm. actually having a connection with someone. Connection. And like, it's so hard now you know, I, to find a connection. <laughs> just saying. Oh my God, it is hard. It is hard. The only connection that I get is bloody my Wi-Fi and even that shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um oh, what else was I gonna ask you um 
No, I just haven't spoken about this in a while. I like always get people asking me questions on Instagram and stuff, but like instead of typing and texting, it's different when you like verbalize stuff. And obviously they don't go into this kind of stuff on Love Island, like not as deeply because the show's quite conservative. You know, they were kind of aiming our series, I feel at like 13 year olds and there was mm-hmm. so much stuff that they had to cut out. But yeah. 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 It's weird when you think about like how conservative the show is, but then the way that they market it is that it's like all these hot young people who are like super sexual and just want to like, you know, you know what I mean? It was the the most unsexual place ever because you feel so awkward because there's cameras everywhere. Like I don't even think... Like, honestly, there, I just felt I've never been in a place where I felt so unsexual. And I even felt the boys were like, I mean, there were some times where they were a little bit creepy and stuff, but like, it was just so boring in there. (laughs) And Cassie was the only person that I feel like I connected with because we were, were actually so similar, Mm. like main cast in terms of our life experiences our sense of humor like you know she's a fiery girl and I feel like I am have that fire in me as well we're both very similar and we I'll just chat to her and she's the only one that gave me a good chat yeah like yeah, <laughs> yeah. are you and Cassie now like really good friends this is so weird yeah. about you guys in the third person are you and Cassie now really good friends <laughs> yeah I mean um, yeah, I was like with her, I spent my birthday with her. We went to an ultra music festival together and like, oh, yeah. it was so funny cause we were like getting pretty loose and there's like people like, Oh, there's Kathy, Kathy from Love Island. And this girl came up to us and <laughs> she was like, she was like, Cassie, she was, sorry, this girl came up to us and she was like, Oh, wanted a photo or whatever. And then she was like, Oh, so are you guys like together? And Cassie's like, nah, but sometimes we just lick each other out. <laughs> <laughs> she, was joking. That. she was joking obviously but it's just so it was so funny to see the girl's reaction like what was her reaction <laughs> she was just like she was a little bit younger so i think she was a little bit taken back like she was just like oh and we were like we just started laughing like we're joking <laughs> oh my god so funny but no me and cassie are strictly friends um she's in a relationship and um yeah 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 Yeah, she is it was nice seeing her i wish i'd seen you that time i came with me i don't know when i'll be back next when when all this (laughs) is over i don't think it's going to be over for a while it's pretty scary pretty sad but to be honest, I have one thing that I want to say about COVID-19 is that mm-hmm. I honestly think that our generation, we are so fucking spoiled. And I mean that in the sense is that we, especially living in Australia, we have everything at our fingertips and mm-hmm. not very many of our generation experiences true hardship, especially with the age of social media. And I think this is going to be very humbling for us to go through this and I honestly believe that when we come out the other side, we're going to be better human beings for having this experience. Mm. I, I 100% agree as well. Um, I was chatting to one of my friends and he 
said that his dad lived through, or like when his dad was like quite young, lived through, I think, World War II or something like that. And what's happening right now, it sounds like a dog. Um, <laughs> uh, can you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. But what's happening right now is quite similar to how it felt back then. And I feel as though for our generation, we've n- like in our lifetime, we've never experienced anything like this. And obviously never say never touch wood. Like I hope this doesn't happen, but like, I can't really see Australia going into war. You know what I mean? But the closest yeah. thing to something like that happening would be something like a virus. It, it feels so freaking futuristic. It does. It does feel very futuristic. Um, yeah, it's, it's strange. It's strange, strange times at the moment. Mm, for sure. Very strange. Yeah. I saw like your Insta story and you were talking about um, kind of like your job and like not having that anymore. And in terms of maybe you wanting to do holistic health and whatnot. And I was like, I didn't even know that you were like into that. Can you tell us about that? That's really interesting. Um, Well, I guess like my mum, I probably have to say that my mum's like a bit of a hippie. She's very alternative. So, and I grew up in a small town called Bellingen. So Bellingen is like a place where, you know, a lot of people are eat organic and smoke a lot of weed and, you know, like that's just kind of the whole vibes of, of my childhood um and my mom is a vegan Mm -hmm. she has been for many years but you know I was the kid at school that had carrot sticks and hummus while everyone else had like white bread and Nutella and I was so jealous of those kids um but yeah I guess it's just I've always grown up like with my mom around everything health um and so sorry no you're fine entangled um <laughs> you just get so passionate talking about this <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I've always been pretty health conscious in terms of like I don't want to get health conscious in like confused with like I diet or I count calories no yeah. I just generally I read ingredients of things and I don't want to have preservatives and chemicals in my food and I'm very conscious of what I'm putting into my body because I believe that affects our mental health. I'm a big, I'm really into gut health as well. So yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to, I was actually planning to go to America in June, um, because I wanted to do, uh, colon hydrotherapy, which is <laughs> people are always like, what the fuck's that? And then I tell them, they're like, ew. Um, it's they stick something up your bum. Yeah. Yeah. So they stick water up your bum and you pump water, you know, in simply they, you pump water into your colon and you clean out your colon. Um, there's a special training and it's gravity training and they only do it in Florida, in America. Um, I could literally talk about, you know, colonics and the health benefits for days, but I don't know, we'd probably, you'd probably need like a whole nother podcast for it. So, but yeah, I'm really into that. I'm really into all the health benefits and there's a great clinic in the Northern beaches in Sydney, um, Gravity North, if anyone wants to have a look at that or check out their website, but I'll find out more info, but yeah, I'm really into all that stuff. And of course, fitness, being in my fitness. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's my, those are my passions. Do you <laughs> going to try and get more into that? Because I guess this is now, 
I guess it gives you a bit more leeway with what you do in the future when all of this is... I just... Yeah. I mean, the only thing with fitness... So I did my PT course when I was like 18, but I never worked as like a PT. I used to write programs and stuff for my for my friends. But I don't know. I just feel like a lot of girls who will go on a reality show or have a hot body or have a few followers they're like oh I'm gonna do like a fitness thing (laughs) and I just don't want to be one of those chicks they're like oh okay she was on a reality show now she's gonna try and make money off being a PT when really she doesn't know anything about anything like just because you got a good body doesn't mean that you are capable or sufficient at being a trainer or someone who's gonna you know influence other people on like fitness and health and lifestyle um and that's why it's a very kind of slippery slope and I don't want to cross that boundary boundary um I just need to find something that's more individual to me I guess I just don't I just don't want to make I don't want people to think that I'm trying to do that (laughs) yeah yeah well I I think it's just more so the way that you do it and the kind of like the message that you send out to people because at the end of the day everything in the world has been done it's just about I feel as though people can kind of really read through if you're genuine or not genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess for me, like, I just want to encourage girls to be confident walking into a gym and especially the weight section where there's a lot of men and absolutely not giving a fuck. Like, so many girls like, oh, no, I don't do weights. Like, they just want to stay at home and do their booty band. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with a booty band. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm. But, like... I want women to be confident to do weights and not give a fuck about any other guy or anyone around them. Mm. Like, and that's something that I have and I've had that for years and I just love it. And I want other women to be able to feel the same way as well. Mm. There's that. Yeah. That's kind of, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. It's so interesting that you're, you kind this is going to sound so funny, but you kind of remind me of Rihanna. Innocent. Oh my god, that's such a compliment. I'm gonna <laughs> die. Like I'm literally gonna die. <laughs> Do you know she's also a Pisces? But then I'm like, how is she a Pisces? Because she's so like in obviously we only see what she shows the world and stuff, but I feel as though with you, like, okay, yes, I like got to live with you. So I got to see like your really emotional side, but then you also have this side that's just like so like boss bitch and just kind of like you know, like I'll do what I want to do sort of thing and kind of, <laughs> you know, you're up for a challenge sort of thing. Such yeah. An yeah, me and Ray Ray, I, we, you know, me and her, we actually have the same, I actually did not copy her, but we yeah. actually have the same tattoo. We both have a Pisces thing behind our ear. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love her so much. Oh yeah, God. she's mad. Wow. <laughs> um, I was also going to quickly touch base on in terms of like, so you live in the, was it the Northern Beaches, did you say? So I've lived, I've lived everywhere. So I did when I first moved to Sydney, I was living in Manly, which is the Northern Beaches, um, but mm. I don't live there anymore. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, but in terms of like, it's so funny when I was younger, <laughs> this is going to sound so random. Um, I would have like people come at me for like, have like for my friends being white. And I remember once this like, and I was in high school, this girl just came to me and she was like, why are you hanging out? She was like, I think a year or two younger than me or something like that. And she was like, why are you hanging out with all the white kids? 
And I was like, what the hell? And Oh, because there's no other kids around. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <Yeah. laughs> but but I feel I feel like when I was younger, I used to get really like self-conscious that I didn't have like a really huge like um maybe now so as I've gotten older and like you know met other um people of color who are you know similar to me just like a friendship a normal sort of friendship that I have been able to discover more of that side of me but when I was younger like I was so self-conscious that I didn't have a lot of like black friends and I thought it was always weird why that like pressure at times was like put onto me did you ever feel that way um for me I guess I guess no I think it was kind of like the opposite for me I think because I had always been around like white people like even for me like my immediate family was all white that when I'd see another black person I'd be like kind of like like I would kind of kind of be like um really what's the word like curious not curious, but kind of noticed that it was different. Um, and I would sort of like stare or, or if I was with talking to another brown person, I'd be like, oh, are people looking at us because this, we're two brown people in mm. interaction? Like, I mean, I don't think like that at all. I'm like, where are my brown people? I'm like searching for all the brown people in Sydney. Like, come yeah. hang out with me. Let's talk about brown people things. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to find them and I want that. But when I was definitely younger, I was a bit fucked up. Like, to be honest, mm. the insecurities that we have over, you know, our skin color and, you know, our identity and what we should be doing or what we should look like. It's kind of really sad. Um, because at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm not black, I'm not white. I'm just me. I'm just baby, you know, you're just like Cynthia. And I don't, I hate it how, when you are a black person, you, that, that becomes like part of your identity to everyone. Like I don't look at white people and be like, oh, you're white. Like it doesn't even register to me, but I feel like when people meet me, it's like the first thing that they notice. It's the first thing that becomes my identity, not just like baby, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. Like, um, I remember I was like seeing this guy and, and his friend would like annoy me at times just because um, so he was like Caucasian and his friend would annoy me because I would find that just sometimes in conversations, he would just randomly start talking about like, or like bring up something about like my race or so, or just, or just make like weird sort of comments. And, mm. and I always just feel like that's like, I don't know. I like that. That's just so weird, you know? Because I know that if it was hypothetically he was dating someone who was white, like he would never say anything like that. But then he just thought it was funny. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. And I feel like, I mean, I've 100% been in similar situations like that. I mean, I fucking, I've dated guys who are rednecks you know before i've dated guys i've probably dated guys who are racist but like they're probably confused because they want to fuck me but they're like racist you know like and it's um it's a hard culture to escape in in australia and even the whole thing like you know i clearly sound very australian but i always get people like oh but what are you and i'm like i'm aussie just like you and it's like a lot of people in australia think that being australian means that you're white and it's like people in Australia, like literally they, I don't know if they're suppressing it or they do it on purpose, but they forget 
that Australia is a brown person's land. Like mm. Indigenous people are brown people. Mm. And like the fact, like so many girls that I know, even my friends that are like, oh, you know, they'll just be like, oh, I'm just Australian. And it's like, no, you're from England, Ireland, Scotland. Like, <laughs> you're, you know what I mean? So I'm just as Australian as you or, you know, whatnot. But I constantly am getting asked, no, but what are you? Where are you? Where are you from? like only because of the colour of my skin that I cannot possibly be an Aussie just like that other white person, you know. That is one thing that I find like just irritates the fuck out of me Mm. like so much. Australia is not white and Australia is Indigenous and you can't go around just like, you know, saying because someone's got a different, a darker skin colour that they're automatically not Australian and you are just because you're white because this is stolen land and that's how I, that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we, I feel as though we have such a a long way to go when it comes to race in Australia. Like it's, it's not even so much that I even, well, I did experience like racism online after coming off the show. It was like I had an awakening in a way because I feel as though before the show, I just kind of like the people that I'm surround myself with and my family and stuff, like obviously us, you know, migrating to Australia and, and whatnot, that we're very open, very accepting. And we have so many um, friends and, you know, family from all over the world that I always viewed Australia in that way. But then after coming off the show, And, like, my friends were telling me that on social media that you could see people, like, blatantly hating on me just because I was black. Which I don't take too much offence to because I'm like, obviously, that's your problem and you have, like, some weird shit going on in your brain and stuff. But it just, like, blew my mind that some of the people that would just, like, message me with, like, the N-word or, like, I, like, told you this... Um, someone like created this Instagram page comparing me to like a black cow. Like it was, it was just so crazy to me that people would just like, just hate on me because of my skin color. And I can tell you, and I can, I say this was confidence that if we were in the UK, that would not happen. Yeah. Like this isn't a, like people are so, and people get so cut when I say a race, Australia is a racist country. It's like, it's not Australia. It's the best. Yes, it is. It is the best. It's amazing. Like I'm so happy to be Australian, but there is a lot of ignorance and a lot of racism here. And I can tell you what, that no black people going on the UK love Island and getting called fucking niggers and shit, like getting racism because over there it's normal, normal. I've lived there, you know, and there's black people everywhere and black culture is everywhere. And it's, normal look at all the black people on the uk love island like yeah i just i got really because i saw some stuff as well like i didn't i'm sure people said stuff about me i didn't see any of my racism stuff but i definitely saw some of yours and after i came off the show i don't know if you saw it but i went on this massive rant on my story because i was fucking angry like just generally about being black um racism you know like the fact that you know you know there needs to be more diversity in a Australian TV, there needs to be more brown people, there needs to be more black people, you know, we need to be celebrated as well because like, look, like where it's, you know, 2019 at the time and people are still calling people the N-word. 
Yeah. Like it's crazy that that is happening. It's actually just, it's sickening. Yeah. It's Ew. And, and very much <laughs> the thing of obviously like going onto the show that I just want to have, you know, my identity, your be who you are sort of thing. And for, it was just so interesting in terms of how much, not saying that the show did this, but more so people's reaction that they were putting so much emphasis on my race. And it's just kind of like, yeah, so what? Like, you know, positive or negative. Like, so what? Like, yes, I'm black. Yes, I kissed someone who was white or got with that person who was white. Like, it is what it is, you know? Um, and it's definitely. So, it's so weird. Yeah, we just have, like, I feel like we are moving in the right direction, but we just have a, a really long way to go. And going on the show, it was, it was an awakening to, um, to me in terms of being like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not as celebrated and accepted here as I thought I was. Oh, I 100%. Like, even for me, like, I've never really had any sort of issues with the way that I've looked, especially in my 20s. I've always been pretty comfortable with the way that I look, but definitely going into Love Island. Also, like, how... Like, how were you just comfortable with the way that you Well, I, I've always felt like, I think it's because, I mean, because I had a lot of male attention. I think I based this off having a lot of male attention and I started modeling when I was 14 and yeah. you know what I mean? That I've always felt like I, I was an attractive woman, but like coming into the Love Island villa and like, I can tell, I, I knew that like, I probably wasn't the boy's first preference. Like they want to date skinny, blonde, white girls. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I, I never realized to the extent that my look or me being mixed race could be not favorable. Yeah, me too as well, which sounds so, it sounds so dumb saying it out loud because it's so obvious because of like history and whatnot. But like, I, yeah, like I just was, I I was quite blown away. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's. It's weird. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't even know how to like. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm the kind of person I could never be not attracted to someone or base any kind of attractiveness on someone's race. I think it's completely irrelevant. Mm. Um, and yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess it's just Australia. Like, it's even hard for me. Like, even when I started modeling, I, I was told so many times, oh, you're tall and whatever, but you know, you're just not marketable because you're too exotic looking or oh, mm-hmm. we've already got a black girl and it's like yeah but you've also got 2,500,000 other blonde white girls on the book so why can't you have another brown yeah. girl or why am I not relatable there's like Muslim 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 women. <laughs> Muslim women, Lebanese women, Italian women, like yeah. you know, African women. Like we are all part of Australia. It's like you guys like are only marketing all your products and everything towards rich white girls who live in the northern beaches and the eastern suburbs. You're missing a whole market of people. Like yeah. there is money to be made, but people just don't they, they people forget about us. Yeah, definitely. I I remember once when I was I think nineteen and when I initially was trying to get into modeling and I went in went into so many agencies and they all said no. And then one of them took like um 
just pics of me, digitals of me and whatnot. And they were like, oh, you've got like a really cool look, but we already have a girl that looks like you. And then I went onto their mm. website to see like who they were talking about. And it was this girl and I'm pretty sure she was like mixed race and we looked so different. And that's the thing that like people of color, we, we look so different from each other because we're humans, just like another blonde girl can stand next to another blonde girl and they both look completely different. It's like that same rule applies to us because at the end of the day, we're humans and we're diverse and we're from different places and, and it annoys me so much. <laughs> oh, 100%. It's like... um and it's something that we, people, those little things that we have to battle with, like it's those little things that on a daily basis being not white that you have to deal with, you know, you know, and there was only like, um, in fashion, fashion week, there were only like 6% of the models are black, yeah. 6%, like that's nothing. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's sad and it's something that we do have to battle with and it's something that as a white a white girl, you don't have to think about. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's definitely not their fault in the sense that like, it's, it's just not an issue that happens to them. So mm. it's not really something that they, that they think about. Um, and what is also really interesting is that a lot of girls of colour who have, do you know Ducky? Yeah, yeah. She literally had to move to America, <laughs> you know, and she went to America and just, like, killed it. And then I feel as though once she was in America, like, modelling for Kanye and, like, Victoria's Secret, then Australia was like, oh, oh my she's ours. Oh, yeah, they try to claim her again. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's oh. annoying that you literally have to leave and, and kind of prove to them this is what you were missing out on before they kind of, before they can like believe it and stuff. And then they are like, and then they got her to come back and do something for Vogue. And I was just like, okay. I know it's, um, it's sad. And you know, me, Megan Gale, that yeah. model. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not even like, um, like super dark. She's not African or anything, but yeah. she, struggled in her career because she was obviously she's brunette olive skin she's a bit curvier Mm. um and she had to go over to italy and she made it there Mm. because she kept getting rejected in australia and then you know came back to australia and and you know we claimed her again as our own and you know but it's it's kind of sad that if you kind of look different in australia you're not very accepted and you have to go um, to other places okay. to to be noticed um, and to be appreciated. Yeah, for sure. We have a long way to go. What sort of advice would you give um, to people of colour? Because I feel as though every day, you know, when I walk out into the world that I have to really remind myself of who I am and, and it is hard, like, even kind of like coming off the show, I felt as though it's not like I had like an identity or crisis, but I really just struggled with being, I guess, different. But like, what sort of advice would you, do you have for people of color and like retaining your sense of self? Um, just to that, I, I kind of had really low self-esteem after coming off the show as well. Um, Mm -hmm. and really I was like, I'm going to get a nose job and I'm going to do this and whatnot. I know like crazy. Um, I've gotten over that phase. (laughs) No, like I just, I think it's good to, um, I don't know. 
what I, how I feel in myself now is that I am just so thankful every day that I am different. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful every day. Like my favorite thing about myself is my skin, like my skin color. I am so thankful for my naturally big lips. I'm so thankful for you know, my genetics, my body, like all the things that I got from my Jamaican side. Um, And sometimes like it's very hard to feel comfortable in your skin in Australia. And that's why I think you kind of have to branch out to artists and people that you look up to and people in different countries that you can sort of connect with in a way. Like, um, you know, Beyonce is huge for me. Tyra Banks is huge for me. Um, A lot of black artists in general that I look up to huge for me like I know everyone hates Kanye West and thinks he's a narcissist or whatever but I will never forget when Kanye West said on national television that George Bush doesn't care about black people you know what I mean like when I think of Kanye I think of him being a voice for black people I think of him being outspoken I try and yeah I just try and have people that I really look up to and that I can resonate with who are positive black role models and I think it's really hard to get that in Australia because there is no black people on TV. You've Mm. got to find your role models. You've got to find people that you look up to. And when I listen to the music of these people or whatever, watch their shows or whatever that they're doing, it makes me feel proud to be black. Black history, for example, I've really delved into that and like where I've come from, like my ancestors being slaves. You know that like to survive slavery, like you, you got to understand that we were like incredible human beings. Like we've come from genes of people who are literally living off no food, mm. worked physically crazy and they fucking survived. Yeah. Like that's why so many black people are so good at sport and like athletics and whatnot. Because where we come from people who survived absolute living hell. And that makes me proud. Mm. Like gravitate towards those things in your culture that can make you feel proud to be black. Mm. Um, that's the best advice I can give. Wow. That just reminded me, you should listen to, um, I keep telling everyone about this podcast episode that I listened to. It's um, from Goop and Gwyneth um, Patrol um runs it Paltrow Patro is it Patro Gwyneth Paltrow Patro what's her last name <laughs> are you talking about the actress from yeah Sliding yeah Doors? Yeah. yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. What is it Paltrow? I don't know. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Okay, Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I'm getting flashbacks to when you couldn't pronounce Cartier's name. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. It took me the longest time to like I said I kept saying Cartier and should be like no yeah. Cartier. It literally took me like a week to figure out how to say her name. But you know who I'm talking about. So Yeah, I we know. <laughs> her podcast is called Goop and Oprah was talking about in moments when she's like feeling really low or she hasn't achieved something that she wanted to do, she bought these like paintings and it's of this I think two slaves or something like that, a mother and daughter. And it has the price of how much, you know, it was to purchase them. And she has it in um, a room in her house. And so whenever she's like just feeling weird and like, you know, not good, she goes into this room and sits there and looks at these paintings of these slaves. And it really just reinforces to her like, 
where she's come from in terms of her heritage. And it was just, I don't know, it was really beautiful when she was talking about it. And she was like, I really do feel as though those people in that painting are there with me like spiritually and it's and it's crazy to just think about like what our ancestors have been through in order for us to have the life that we have now and the opportunities um oh absolutely like and I don't care what anyone says but like I'm the kind of person who I can't watch like slave movies uh, it's super weird because I get really emotional and when people say that like the pain especially with our indigenous isn't carried on through the generations I can tell you that it fucking does like my I've like never really experienced any true hardship in my life but I can tell you that when I read stories about my ancestors and about slavery it resonates with me on such an emotional level that I can't even begin to explain like there it's just it's there's something there and like I follow this page of this woman who's constant like she posts about um like black history mm. and stuff that they don't haven't really promoted or they don't teach in history classes because it's so extreme and the things that what you know my ancestors went through I'll have to find her hold on I can I'll have a look yeah oh girl I think it's called girl gone golden she's on Instagram and um yeah like she posts horrific things about lynchings and you know just the segregation and everything that went on and it makes me like there's a couple of times where I've read some of the the posts and I've gotten like emotional and started crying because I just like I just look at these kings and queens that like went through this savagery and just it makes me I don't know makes me think like how far we've come and what I've come from and Mm -hmm. it's um I think it can be really empowering at the same time yeah definitely I think I think that in our lifetime we're probably not going to see everything in like all of that repairing done, if that makes sense. Like in terms of mm. people, you know, like I just feel like this, and it, it hasn't really been that long. Like there's just so much that's happened in terms of segregation, slavery and whatnot that it's just, I don't know what the word is, like inherited, inherited, inherited. Um, but kind of like there's just so much that's happened that it's just, we're still holding onto that baggage, if that makes sense. Um, oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like for you, there's, there's a part, even like, I feel like, you know, even when we talk about Africa as a country, like so many people have this idea of Africa being, you know, starving kids and, yeah. you know, you know, so many, it's kind of almost like shameful. It was like a shameful country of starvation and AIDS and all that kind of bullshit. And it's like, yeah. Africa is the motherland. Like, yeah yeah you know what i mean like so many people are like talking we need to all the africans we need to go back there and we need to like i can feel that the self-esteem of black people around the world is growing and things are slowly changing but there is so so much pain there still Mm -hmm. um and even to people who like us we live in australia we have great lives like i can feel it i can tell you right now i can still feel it i can feel it um you know my my grandparents even when they were in america they were there when there was segregation like they couldn't sit in the same area as white people on the bus like my dad has his own stories to tell as well about racism and things that he experienced that you would just be like what the actual fuck um and it's it's it wasn't that long ago and it's still there and, and people need to respect that. 
think that there's still a lot of pain there. Completely. Wow. This conversation has been so good. I've been looking forward to it all day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Whenever I end the podcast, I like to ask all my guests the same set of questions. They're like fun questions though. But the first question is living or dead? If you could have a dinner party, who would you invite? Um, Definitely Dave Chappelle, um, the comedian, because he's just like that funny. Um, Is he Australian? No, he's an American. He's a black guy. Mate, to listen to Dave Chappelle, there's heaps of his um, stand-ups on Netflix. Dave? He's like old school. Like he was really like big in the 90s. The Chappelle show, he's so funny. Oh, he looks familiar. Yeah, him, Dave Chappelle. Okay. Um, Kanye West. Kanye West. Except Probably. I feel like Kanye. What are you gonna huh? say? What? What, what did you say? Oh, uh, I was gonna say I feel so like Kanye is a bit of a softy now, in like a good way, because like you know he's got like a family. Like I feel like he's you know a bit more chilled compared to what he was like when he was what younger. He was. Yeah, he's an interesting man. He's pretty strange, but like I like it. I like people who are different. Yeah. Um, and I've just I've always just been a massive fan of him. Like I love his music, and I love it when he does outrageous stuff. Like fuck, it's funny. Um. <laughs> Anyway, probably like Martin Luther King, uh, Nelson Mandela, Beyonce, and this is a bit of a random one, but like I just think Chloe Kardashian is like really funny. I reckon she'd be like really fun to hang out with. <laughs> really? I feel as though Courtney's funnier because she's got so much attitude. Yeah, but Courtney's a bit too, like, I don't know. She's a little bit too... I feel like Courtney can be a bit bitchy sometimes. Like, I feel like Chloe's got... Like, in that... Because yeah. I used to watch the Kardashians when, like, from season one. And yeah. Chloe was the one, I felt like, who held the series because she had the most personality. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just think she's funny. Um, and Jacinda Argent... I don't know how I'm saying her name correctly. She's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. Um, yeah. I just think she's a um, an ex- very intelligent, amazing woman and she's doing really good things and I think a lot of um, prime ministers need to follow in her footsteps. Yeah, she seems really, like, just down to earth and, like, she listens to, you know, the people. Yeah, she's for the people. She's about helping the less fortunate and she's a very modern woman and, yeah, she handles things, like, with absolute grace. She's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, who has influenced you the most in your life? Um, I don't know. Probably, like, one of my best friends um, from where I grew up in Bellingen. She, um, I don't know, we became friends on, like, the first day of Year 7 and um, she's just probably one of the most compassionate, gentle, caring people I've ever met. She, um, she got pregnant when she was 15 and she had a baby when she was 16 and Mm. um, she finished high school and she went to uni and she lost both of her parents. Um, They died not that far apart from each other. Um, She's just extremely resilient and very impressive and and an incredible mother. Um, And I don't know, she just, her strength has always like really inspired me. Um, Mm, I like that. Um, Oh, if you had one day to live, what meal would you have? Oh, girl, if you want, if you follow me on Instagram, you know it's going to be pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is so I love, like basic. Love. <laughs> 
I love them. I seriously obsess. But I love like healthy ones. Like it's a bit weird because I always go for like a gluten-free option. But just like pancakes. I love mm. breakfast foods. Mm. I love like asahi bowls and fruit oh, and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But 100% just pancakes. Just yeah. Pancakes. I, I make mine with like oats, uh, like non-dairy milk, um, cinnamon, and banana and that's like really really good mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market and then just do like whatever mm. toppings you want mm. <laughs> delish oh yum um and i'm just trying to remember these questions um if you could spread one message to the world what would it be um I don't know. I think mainly just like, I mean, I mean, there's so many things that, that could be said, a message to the world. Like there's so many things that are wrong with the world. Like the fact that, you know, one the, you know, the top 1% own all the wealth and there's people who are starving and the way we treat animals and, you know, everything. There's so many things. But I guess on more of an individual level, I guess it's like don't be afraid to be yourself because like if everyone was the same, it would be fucking boring. And I can tell you what, like I get so intrigued by people who are different and who are unapologetically themselves. It's so refreshing and, um, you know, yeah, just be yourself. Try and be comfortable in your own skin. Don't be Mm -hmm. afraid to be who you are. Yeah, I really like that. Um, Thank you so much, Phoebe, for coming on. Despite all the technical difficulties, it literally took us, like, two or three turns to, like, actually (laughs) get zoom working and then it stopped <laughs> but we got through it oh my gosh we did it wow thank you so much we did it for coming no, up. thanks for having me no <laughs> right and i hope that you guys enjoyed our conversation and i will catch you next thank you for listening to taylor to explore more taylor things visit the blog at taylor me. You'll find further articles, visuals, and a space to think, learn, and grow.